Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Brent O'Brien joins us. G'day, Brett. Gareth, how are you? Lovely, lovely day here in Sydney. Quite it's, warm. It is paradise, isn't it? People say, Gareth, it can't be paradise out, out, out at Warwick Farm, but I disagree when it's like this and you've got these beautiful yearlings getting set to go around into that auditorium and to be purchased by a buyer that's trying to live a dream or find their dream like a Pride of Jenny or a, a Buddhist Notches of recent times. And, um, yeah, it's exciting always at the sales, I reckon. A vow and declare. There's been plenty vow of good horses come, come through this sale. An extreme choice. Well, he'd have to be at the top of the list, wouldn't he? Oh, Vinny's extreme probably... Choice. Well, if you're talking about... Was Vinny at the classic sale? Yeah. Well, Vinny would be, yeah. yeah. So if you talk about the two most expensive stallions in Australia were both bought uh, at this sale, so which is you know quite remarkable when you think about that. It's obviously not the number one seed sale in, in Sydney in terms of English's sales. East is the big, the big daddy, but it's, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's a great... Um, yeah, you know, it's it's been a really strong week, and we'll talk about yep. it in a minute. But I think that you know, English would be probably pretty happy with how things have evolved, given the pre-sale expectations were that the market's probably a little bit sticky. Yes, um, there's probably some complications and some difficulties there, especially selling horses. But I, I think that they've it's been a, the progress of the week's been pretty good. Well, I found the most intriguing part about today is that Coolmore have definitely run out of money because Tom Warwood's walking, and he has to go and get a coffee at Newgate. Because they can't afford their coffee at Cornwall these days, because they spend it all on Stormboy. That's the, that's the most. Uh, that's been the most fascinating part of this sale that I've <laughs> that I've found today. <laughs> I don't know if it's a judgment. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess you've got to get with coffee where your good coffee yes, comes from. Yes, that's a good point you make. So we might have to head to Newgate to get a coffee. Um, <laughs> but it's interesting, isn't it, at the moment with the the the, the situation with um, the different farms and the strings that they're pulling at the moment, the size that they're trying to look after or justifies hit the ground running. But we all know that John Magnier loves justifying. If there is a good justified colt, then he'll buy it. Or he wants it more than anyone else, basically. And that's been the story with Storm Boy. Um, and so that's been interesting to see how that story's unfolded over the last, what, couple of days? Or, well, it's been when it was announced last week. Last week, yeah. yeah. I mean, it is an interesting one. And I think that the, the it also highlights the fact that I raised this in an article last week. There's not that many two-year-old colts on the market in mm. terms of yeah that aren't already owned by by studs. And you know, we saw Bodyguard so impressive on the weekend. He's probably the one that suddenly jumped up on the radar. And I think uh, James Harron will be getting a few phone ca- phone calls this week um, if he hasn't had already. Um, asking about where where things sit with that because he's a very very nice colt and very well bred and expensive as a yearling and will fit all fit, fit in in any roster in Australia. So uh, yeah, like the 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 wheeling and dealing will still be going on, I think. And um, yeah, and, and and at sales like this, 
a lot of the discussion is not only about the horses going through the ring, but uh, what's going on on the track and the possibilities, commercial possibilities going forward. Yeah, so when you have a look at the Golden Slipper market, Storm Boys at $3, Switzerland at $8, so the two horses at the top of the market owned by Coolmore now. Yep. And when you have a look at that deal, I think, and I know that you've got to report it because it sounds a lot sexier than, say, just 10 or 15 million, but 60 million, it's 100 to 1 in a way. I don't know what the odds would be for it to reach a $60 million deal. He'd have to go and beat him throughout his two-year-old season, plus yep. they'd still want to go and um, compete and all. If he wins, a, tri- triple if he wins a triple crown, he'd be worth that. Like, I don't think regardless, I don't think like there might be kickers and whatever else put in there. That if he wins a triple crown, he comes back and wins a Golden Rose. And a gold, but that means uh, and if he, is, he worth, is he worth more, maybe? He, he, if he, he, he wins a triple crown, that means he's had um, what, four or five in his two-year-old season. Yeah. Six. So it'll be a massive effort. He's a big effort. robust horse, Yeah. So he's at $3 in the slipper. Switzerland at $8. Shangri-La Express at $9. This es- is, which is um, Yulong, part, partially Yulong owned. Yes. So at $9. He'll trial, I think, tomorrow or Thursday. Maybe tomorrow. I've got to work out when they trials are. Espinage at 11. Lady of Camelot. I don't I don't know if she'll go to the, the Golden Slipper, but she's definitely high up in the market there for the Blue Diamond at 11. Bodyguard at 13. Coleman at 17. Fully Lit at 17. High Octane at 17. Um, Highness at 17, Fearless at 20 to 1, Spywire trialled nicely at Cranbourne yesterday, Stay Focused at 26, and Straight Charge is a horse that I'm looking forward to seeing. I don't know if we'll see him again, but he's at $26. So um, Gay Wardhouse and Adrian Bott, they could have six or seven horses in a Golden Slipper. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see how that plays out. And we've talked about before about the, the jockey uh, juggle that they'll probably have to go through to, to you know, get the right jockeys on the right horses for that race. And, yeah, I mean, it's it's a great place to be in. Uh, I had a brief chat with Bruce Slade, who does a lot of their uh, buying and bloodstock buying the other day. And I said, you having a good run, Bruce? And he goes, oh, well, he goes, the hard work pays off sometimes. You need a little bit of luck. and um, But, you know, it gives you the confidence to go back. And he said probably what they did right was... You know, they had a good run run of two-year-old results last season that enabled them to have the confidence to go back to the sales last year and buy good horses again, and which is paying off now, which obviously then feeds into this year, and it certainly sets the scene well going forward for the juveniles from the Waterhouse Bot Stable. They would have the easiest jobs at the sales selling their horses at the moment. I don't think Gay would have to go to, to Penrith to sell any horses this time around. No, I'm tipping she's not dragging them around the, no. the, uh, the beer gardens of, of Western Sydney to try to uh, get a deal done, but I... I mean, that's the, that's the advantage of it, and that's the, the upside for those stables when they have those successes. It, it multis upon one another, I suppose, and keeps coming back. And, I, I, yeah, it, it's 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 great to have that, and, like, Gay is great for racing because she's such a, a wonderful ambassador yeah. and such a, a great brand. Adrian's doing such an amazing job, but it's the whole team and the way things are working. She's had a, a fantastic record for two-year-olds for her entire training life, so she still does yeah. a great job. So back here at Inglis for the Classic Sale, I had succeeded everybody's expectation in a way... Um, and we had a chat to Sebastian Hutch to kick off the show here this morning. And it'd be interesting to be a fly on the wall each and every year once they analyse how their sales went. And seeing, and he, they, he says they always talk about this, how they're the only sales company in the world, really, that start from the bottom and work their way up. The other sales companies start from the top and work their way down. But this is how it's been for years. And I don't think he could ever take, Easter away, like Easter's Easter, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's a special. It's, a, it's actually just, it's a great event. Like yeah. it's an amazing event. We look at the quality of horses, and this year even more so, with the Piero Winks filly coming through, which will just yeah, that'll that'll you know that'll get cut through to the mainstream because of the the profile that Winks had and her first live foal going through and all that sort of stuff. It, that'll be it is it is great. But I mean, every each of these sales has a story to tell, and it's it's interesting to say like, like this, this sale is kind of interesting because probably the fact that the market's steady and. The clearance rate's solid and everything's good. It's almost like, you know, there's nothing to report, so it's good news. No news yeah. is good news. Yeah. But um, that's that's good for the industry because it shows that that's confidence there in that in the trainer base, which is a, obviously a, it's a big trainer sale. Syndicator base to sit there and go, we can buy enough horses. We need to probably be a little bit mindful of budgets. Mm-hmm. But uh, we can we can still still go out there and sell our horses down and um, and race them. And that's and that's 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 a positive for, for racing given yeah, given probably the last 12 months have been, been a bit about uncertain and the probably tail end of last year's sales season was a bit sticky. Um, I think things are uh, a bit positive. I uh, I have a little trick that I do every sale. I go and talk to Harry Mitchell from Yarraman. Yes. Harry's one of the great straight talkers there is. And he yes. says, you've got a horse that goes all right, you'll go all right. He said, if you've got a horse that's got a few things wrong with it, you probably won't sell it. That was as simple as it gets. And he goes, yeah. that's the way it's always been. He said, COVID was a little bit different. You'd, you'd sell everything, he said. But this is back to the, more back to what, I guess, a normal trading environment. Yeah. And um, with, yeah, with a bit of positivity on the horizon as well. So, I mean, that's good for the, the broader bloodstock industry. I mean, yes, it's not just about prices going up. It's about the ability for these vendors to come here and sell you know, a high percentage of their horses, 80, 85% of their horses, uh, get the trade done and then go back again and Coming again next year, and life's about momentum in a way. And I, from a syndicator point of view, if you, you if you're working for proven thoroughbreds or derby thoroughbreds syndicate at the moment, it's um, a pretty easy sell with the way that you've had the success that you've had. You've got a lot of owners with money in their pockets, and you can carry on. Um, if you're not owning winners, then you're in a little bit of trouble. But that's life. It's just like supply and demand in a way. I think that it's, um, it's interesting. Actually, I had the, the pleasure of sitting next to Jamie Walter from Proven Thoroughbred yesterday yeah. for for an hour yeah. or so, just watching how things were progressing and and how he does things and talking to him about the start of the racing yeah, yeah. industry and whatever else, and and gave me a really great insight into sort of how a that how he works, but also, I guess, um, you know that. This amazing run of success they have has been built up over many years, yeah. and it's a bit like we were talking about Gay and Adrian before with the two-year-olds. Like it doesn't happen overnight. Uh, you get a couple of good horses, you get a couple of more good horses, but then you make positive decisions. You get more confidence in yourself. You've got more people ringing up asking for horses, so then you go that little bit further for the next horse. You you, you start winning bids on the horses that you really like. You back your judgment and you get you get paid back for it. So that, yeah. those syndicators deserve that success. There's a lot of yeah. We're very fortunate in Australia, and it's the one thing that sets Australia apart from a lot of the rest of the world to have these great syndicators here who really add a sense of dynamism to the uh, to the well, market. Well, it helps when you've got the prize money levels that we've Absolutely. had. Like, good luck being a syndicator in the UK. How do you go and sell that tree? Absolutely. You're and I think that, for peanuts. Yeah, and I think that, that, and not only that, but the ownership, it's, it's hard, a lot, you know, a lot fewer of their best horses go through the, go through the sales ring because a lot of them are retained in ownership by their breeders over there. Like, in Australia, one in every 250 people has a share on a horse. That's yeah. remarkable. I mean, it's not, you know, we have 20, 25, 30 million population. That's a, that's a remarkable stat when you think about the amount of people, whether they've got a, you know, a hair on a horse or a leg on a horse or, a, you know, they're, they're, they're highly involved and got several horses. Like, that's a that's a great sign of the engagement. And, and I think probably the uh, that level of engagement in the broader Australian society has been talked down over recent years. Oh, it's fading away and it's relevance and all that sort of stuff. Mm. I'm not sure so, so sure that's the case, Gareth. When you look at the numbers uh, that are involved in through, uh, racing through wagering, through the, obviously working in the industry, but also through ownership, yeah, it's a pretty positive story to tell. I, I think that there's some challenges there, no doubt, and you know I talk about those fairly often with what we write on the straight. But I think it's there's a, there's there's a, is a positivity around 
that engagement the racing has with the broader racing public, broader Australian public. Yeah. Interesting seeing, I'm just having a look at the trials at the moment, and I see that Adam Hieronymus is down to ride Storm Boy. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's an interesting one. We had this discussion last week, didn't we? Yes. Um, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, uh, the hippo's got his opportunity there to, to put himself forward, and, um, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. I, I, we'll see what happens Golden Slipper Day, hey? We'll see what happens... Uh, I don't, yeah, that's interesting. So, he's down to ride that horse, um, so that means he, he might have the ride going forward. Um James McDonald, I don't know if he's riding at the trials on Thursday. I know that he's got that bruised toe that he's trying to sort out because he's got Switzerland on Saturday. So that is going to be interesting to see how that all unfolds over the next two weeks, two weeks or so. I'm still tipping, if I'm a betting man, that Hieronymus won't be riding Storm Boy in the um, in the Golden Slipper. I'd have I'd have Ryan Moore dollar fifty. Yeah, and you'd probably take that. So I'm not. Gonna, that's that's not a lie. Well, bet, I would have. Oh, I don't know. I think it'd be equal favourites, Jay Mackin. Depending uh, on if depend if Switzerland goes like a bomb on Saturday, then then Jay Mack would be riding Switzerland. I would imagine, but um, yeah, I, I guess I guess that's up in the air. But I think one of the Coolmore riders will be riding Storm Boy because that's what they do. I I don't think I've ever seen him seen a jockey outside of the Coolmore. Um, team really ride it or like get an opportunity from outside like McAvoy might ride Switzerland but Hieronymus has never never ridden for, for Coolmore and I don't think I've ever seen that happen really uh, I don't, yeah I mean yeah you would say regardless of that engagement coming up and that's he's probably the he's the man who knows the horse best and has got give the best guide through a trial you'd think come that group one race in about what would be about six seven weeks time yep. six weeks time we're uh, we're probably headed towards you know, someone else taking the ride. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Surprising things happen in racing, and believe it or not, us racing journalists can get things wrong occasionally. I don't think we get this one wrong. Um, speak for yourself there, Brett. <laughs> um, what you, what's going to be the highlight today? I've loved all of the different stories that have filtered through, like Mick Malone's story with North Farm, how he's taken a pun on his own, and he, and the emotion after that, after they sold the, the in her time half for $600,000 by too darn hot. Um, to see results like that and to see what it actually means to a lot of people as well, um, it can change lives, sales like this. That family changed lives. But a yeah. remarkable family, that was obviously with um, you know, time in there and Yolonga developed a bit of a taste for that uh, that family and they bought, they bought in a Yes, time. yes, yes is in that family. Yes, yes, yes is in that family. So it's, some really, it's an amazing family, really. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, Yolonga obviously really keen on that filly. They bought the... Other filly last year, the, the older filly last year, and she's won a trial pretty impressively at Wyong last week. So I think, um, yeah, I mean, that, that's that, those stories are good. I think, like, it's funny thing about the classic sales, you say. It's not necessarily about the top lot. It's not necessarily about the, it's not about the million-dollar horses. Uh, sometimes it's about the good results that people get. Sometimes it's about the, the broom there that someone might have bought for 15 grand, and they sell the first foal out of it for, you know, 200 grand, and, it's a, and it gives them the confidence to go back and go, okay, we can do this again. And yeah. I think, like, like, that's the thing about the classic sale. It is a... You know, I'm not saying it's a, it's more of a down to earth sale, I suppose, than Easter. Uh, Easter's stratospheric, and it, it is, it's, it's a, a thing all, all of its own. But the, the one thing the classic sale does have on its side is that, you know, grassroots and those, those, the buying bench side, but also on the vendor side, and you know, it's, it's good, it's, it's, it's good news for the. It's good news for the industry that these people are doing well because then they can, as I said, they can come back next year and reinvest with confidence and keep moving forward. Yep, away they go. The rest is history. Indeed. 
Um, you have a wonderful day. I'll see you tomorrow morning um, for the debate. There's I'll be on the other of... side. But you are separated by Bass Strait tomorrow. Yeah. Gareth and how, how was Hobart Cup weekend? It was good. Unfortunately, I didn't get there for the Cup because I was up here on Sunday. I was there on for the derby on Friday night. Um, good little good little vibe yeah. there. I think the Hobart Cup, a Royal Symphony winning there. She's, uh, he's proving, sorry, the, he's the, the king, of Tassie. King, king of Tassie. Won two Launceston Cups and a Hobart Cup. Yeah. I think Paddy Payne, before the Cup, had won seven consecutive races in Tasmania as a trainer. So it'd be good to see the locals probably doing a little bit better. But um, there's a little bit of a change in the guard there. Obviously, was the leading trainer down there disappeared last year in terms of uh, his involvement. So that's Will he ever come back, Scott Brunton? I don't know. I saw Scotty... Uh, on the lawns at uh, at uh, Elwick the other day, and um, uh, yeah, no, he's obviously he hasn't he's, he's unchanged, Scotty. No. He's un, unreformed, but he's um, so he can go the races. He's just yeah, suspended. yeah, yeah. So he can't operate a racing yeah. stable. That's his challenge. So, and I think he's obviously still got you know a very strong interest in the horses that that he's helped out brought through. And his father-in-law obviously running the stable there too as well. Could he work at a stable? I don't think so. I, don't, I would have to look at the details. No, I would not to speak 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 yeah. on air without without knowing those precise no, details around that. But I think that. Um, yeah, I mean, so I think that there's probably a little bit of a change in the guard. Glenn Stevenson's had a great run of success down yes. there in the last six months, which is good for that. But I think, you know, this is the time of year when you want to celebrate the best of Tassie racing. We've got the Launceston Cup coming up in a couple of weeks' time, which I'll be at. Um, yeah, look, it's, 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 there, there are positive signs. Obviously, there's massive issues down there with the integrity issues, which we've been well documented and talked about. But there's a, there's a few little um, few little bright shoots down there. And yeah. hopefully we can see a Tassie horse... Well, do well in these big yeah. races coming forward. You have to. Re- we'll talk about this tomorrow, but you have to hit rock bottom before you can make change. Sometimes, and it looks like now that Taz Racing might have a little bit more control over their integrity, the integrity side of racing. There's one lesson to learn out of this: don't expect politicians to fix racing problems. No, and that's that's the the number one the, rule. And we we talk about that across the board. We talk about racing politics a lot, but don't expect politicians to fix racing's problems. It's not in their it's not in their interest, and, and they it, won't do it. And so. if you make racing political to get political votes, it just makes it even more of a schmozzle. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If it, when they're talking about racing in the halls of parliament, it's not a good thing. No. Yeah. Good on you, Brent. Thank you God. should be minister somewhere. <laughs> good <laughs> on you, mate. So. Brent O'Brien from the straight.com.au. What can we read today? Any breaking stories? Yeah, an interesting story coming up today. It was a story about we've done a bit of research into the amount of property that Racing New South Wales have acquired over the course of the last four years. Um, you know, could be a great commercial decision from Racing just so well to do this, but it does, uh, yeah, it's, it's a significant amount, i.e. hundreds of millions of dollars being spent on property in New South Wales over the past four or five years. And, um, yeah, we'll have that story live today and it'll be an interesting interesting little view. We've, we've actually been through the public records, had a good look at all the all the um, houses that have been, or properties that have been acquired and uh, where they are now. And, yeah, it's, it's a quite a dizzying list of, uh, of properties. And, um, yeah, it does, you know, I guess, talking about, Rose Hill sale, we're talking about Sandown's future, you know, property and real estate and racing has really sort of, you know, become quite synonymous of late, uh, and what does that mean? So there's a story there, we're coming up around about that today, you can have a read of that, Warwick Bar's been doing some hard work on that, we'll get it out there this morning, and you can have a look and put your opinions forward. Personally, I think it's smart. Yeah, I'd, I'd because, like... Because in, in the world that we live in now, especially with the wagering dollar and the challenges there from a punting perspective, which funds the industry... That you need to and harness racing and all that needed to learn this a little while ago. I remember having a chat to the great property developer, the legendary in that type of field in, in Kevin Seymour, especially like with the way that the South Australian Harness Racing Club, for instance, that they should have went about um, working out the best way to sell their land or to um, purchase land and then to redevelop land around Globe Derby. Then you could be making a million dollars in rent just from doing nothing if you did that properly and then you could put that back into prize money so you're not have to worry about 
the the money coming in from the the gambling dollar. So I would imagine the property never never devalues itself, um, and then you can make money on the rent and whatever. But it it it, it firms up your future in a for more in a way. It does, yeah. And I, and I guess the key thing is the case is. I guess for the broader industry to know about that and a bit of transparency around that is key. And that's why we've done the story to sit there and say, hey, here's a list of properties, have a look at it. And it said, you might decide it might be a great business strategy. You might decide there might be a few questions to ask around that. That's up to you. But I guess Did what you get we, a quote from Peter? Uh, we, we, uh, Peter promised to get back to us and unfortunately you know, has been rather busy at the moment, hasn't been able to get back to it. But story we've been working on for about six or seven weeks. Okay. So we don't just put these stories up overnight. We work no. long and hard on these stories, and um, yeah. And again, it's not a it's not a finger pointing exercise necessarily. It's just like, yeah, we've done the work, and this is what it looks like, and make your mind up from there. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So that drops today. Yep. All right, mate. We we'll look forward to it. Thanks for that, Brent. Thanks, guys.